Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of your favorite Libertarian Ancap podcast, Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. It is Tuesday night, rather late on Tuesday night. It's about nine o'clock here. You know, this episode's going to drop maybe before midnight. It kind of depends on how long I talk. And then I'm going to try to sneak to the gym real quick, and then I'll edit it and put it out. But I just I just got sidetracked with some stuff today, and then we had a beautiful fucking sunset. Just just perfect sunset. The, the kind of sunset that we're going to have every night here in December. And, you know, since it's been the rain season here, the sunsets have been pretty fucked lately. Uh, those of you that have been attending the Friday night happy hours, maybe you've noticed over the last uh, two months or so, haven't really had a good sunset here. I mean, every once in a while you get a decent one, but it's not like it is post-rain season from like November through April or May. It, it really is just absolutely gorgeous. And we had one of those nights here that I'm just like, wow, this is... This is how every night's going to be in December for the Sayulita Super Spreader event, which I have some news on that. That was uh, that consumed most of my day today. But dude, uh, this is fucking hilarious, man. I so I, I think I mentioned maybe on a previous episode that my key my wireless keyboard broke. So the other I think it was Sunday. I, I went to the to uh, the store to find a new wireless keyboard and I found a Logitech one and it looked like the, you know, the box was like super narrow. It was like slim down space saving wireless keyboard. Dude, this is the most jankiest fucking Mexican keyboard ever. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing's in Spanish, which I get I'm in Mexico and, and that's fine. You know, I'm trying to learn Spanish anyway. But, you know, and it's got, like, the Enya key and all these different symbols and everything. But, like, dude, first of all, it's battery-operated, so you have to actually put batteries in the keyboard and mouse. You can't, like, plug it in and charge it. So I'm not happy about that. But, dude, none of these key, like, half of the keys on this keyboard do not actually, rep like, correspond to the symbol that they have on them. The letters all work. A, B, C, D. They all turn out to be A, B, C, D. But when you're starting to get into the symbols and shit, colon, comma, dash, hyphen, question mark, none of this shit matches up with what's on the keys. And when you get to the number six and there's a, like the and sign, it's the next, whatever the next key is. The, 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 the symbol on the previous key is what actually comes up when you hit it so like 
when I hit shift seven, the symbol on the the six, the number six key, the and sign will populate. It, it, it's unbelievable. I and I can't tell. Like, is this a a thing with like Mexico? Is there another key? Some of these keys have three symbols on them. What do you do? So like the, the number two key has quotation marks two and the at symbol. There's got I'm, I must be missing something here because there's got to be like a number another key that you hit to get the third symbol. But none of this shit matches up. Dude, it's it's absolutely fucking hilarious and it's driving me crazy. It's taking me so fucking long to do. Like the, there's there's a key up here. It's got the upside down question mark. If you hit it, you get the you don't get the upside down question mark or the upside down exclamation point. You get a dash <laughs> or a fucking underscore. And if you hit the underscore, you get the upside down question mark. It, dude, it's like so fucking Mexican. It's hilarious, except that it's driving me absolutely crazy and take me 10 times longer to get shit done. If anybody knows how a Mexican keyboard works, please send me a message because I must be there. There's just no way that all of these keys are this off. I feel like I'm losing my mind, but nothing, nothing adds up. None of these symbols work um, like the secondary symbol. Like every time you would hit shift and then use whatever symbols on that key. None of those actually line up. <laughs> and it's, it is driving me batshit crazy. Anyway, you're, you're not going to want to miss being here in December. I, I got to tell you, I've um, like I said, the, the vast majority of my morning was dedicated to Sayulita Super Spreader stuff. I've been, I was talking a lot with Mark Claire, Lions of Liberty, who just moved down to Mexico City. Uh, I think, was it last week? Was it last week or the week before? You know, this shit all kind of fucking uh, blends together. But um, he's down in Mexico City. He is in for this event. Not only is he in, but he is like busting his ass to help me promote it, which I fucking love, man. I, I, I love this guy. I can't say enough nice things about him. But goddamn, Mark Claire Lines of Liberty is good people. Then I realized that the um, the landing page that I had set up for the event, I, I guess I was in some introductory program where they like give me access to all the features, and and I did know that, but I didn't realize how many of the features they were gonna take away when the introduction period ended like basic shit you know like the they gave you access to everything and i don't need 95 percent of that shit but what i did need was descriptions for like what each ticket that you bought gave you and i i didn't realize that they took that away so it's like you go to this landing page and they took away like all of the details that I posted, like every like you'd you'd click on give me the details and there was nothing there. And it was just like, here's the VIP package. Here's the general weekend package. And there was just there were no details. It didn't tell you what anything gave you. And Mark's like, yeah, it's a little sparse on the details. Can you like elaborate on like what's going on and what we're doing? And, and I remember thinking, I was like, well, what the hell is he talking about? Because I wrote all this shit onto the page. And so I go to the page, and it's all fucking gone. And I know it's because they they took away the, the business plan or whatever. Really fucking frustrating, because I think it was probably like that for at least a week, maybe two weeks. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so I updated the page with all of the details that you should need, the the full schedule as I have it right now. 
granted this is you know it's mexico it's a tentative schedule i don't know if those time we're going to adhere to those times i'm sure there will be a lot of um you know people jumping in and out of other people's podcasts or whatever like nothing is set in stone in terms of schedule like that's that is the tentative schedule. That's how I'm envisioning it. But, you know, it, it's Mexico. We run on a, a laid back schedule here. You know, 15 minutes late is pretty much on time. But you should go check it out because I, I, I put in a lot more detail. It, it's up and running. And I think you guys are really going to want to be a part of this. I, I, I mean, like, I know this is the first year we're doing it and that people are apprehensive about traveling or whatever. But, like, those that do come to the Sayulia Superstore, like you're gonna, they're gonna come back to the states, and you're gonna talk to them, and you're gonna be fucking depressed that you missed out on this. It's going to be so much fun. Like I will put it up against any of the libertarian events that you've been to. And granted, I've never actually been to a libertarian event before in my entire life. I've never been to like any sort of like political or podcast event or anything like that. I will put this event up against any, you know, Tom Woods' 2000th episode. Okay. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be great. But this is going to be like no holds barred in fucking Mexico. We got a great group of of special guests. And it's just going, like, there's just no way that this can't be so much fucking fun. So uh, go to Sayulita. That's S-A-Y. U-L-I-T as in Tom, A as in Apple. Sayulita, superspreader.eventsmart.com. That is the landing page. All the information is up there. And if you follow me on Twitter or you're in the private Facebook group, you already know that I'm auctioning off two VIP tickets. The VIP tickets will run you $300 apiece. And if you go to the the website, I'm not gonna. I've already talked about what that gets you before in in the podcast, and it's pretty much what I talked about earlier. But so if you go to the site, sayulitasuperspreader.eventsmart.com, it'll lay out exactly what you get with the purchase of the ticket. But it's basically uh, six hundred dollars worth of tickets. It's twenty dollars to get into the raffle. The um, the way you get into the raffle is the same way that you donate to the show. You just go to the, the website, the support the show tab, peddlingfictionpodcast.com, throw in 20 bucks, and your name will get thrown in the hat for two VIP tickets, which will get you access to everything that we're doing from Friday to Sunday, December 10th through the 12th. And um, the other thing that I haven't announced yet on any of those things. But if you do follow me on Twitter and you're in the private Facebook group, you will get access to this information sooner than you will just listening to the podcast. So you can follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. You can uh, join the private Facebook group by figuring out how to fucking use Facebook. I don't know. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram. It's I think it's just Peddling Fiction Podcast or something. I don't know. It shouldn't be too hard to find. You guys are all geniuses. So there's that. But the other thing that I haven't announced to anybody yet is I'm offering a discount. Now, this is only going to run for the next two weeks. So from today is October 5th. Hopefully, I'll get this episode out by the end of, uh, before day's end. October 5th. So at midnight 
on October 19th, this deal is going away. But if you go to sayulitasuperspreader.eventsmart.com and you purchase your tickets to the Sayulita Super Spreader event and you use my promo code FICTION, that will get you 10% off your ticket purchase. So you got two weeks to buy the tickets, you'll get 10% off. Or you can roll your dice in the raffle. The raffle's over Friday. So at, at midnight on Friday, I'm not taking any more entries for the, the two tickets, the two VIP tickets. And uh, the, it's just going to be an incredible time. So just just go buy your ticket. You got two weeks, you're going to get 10% off. I, I I can't give a better deal than than that and have the, these numbers work. So I don't know what to tell you. You're going to be disappointed if you don't come to this. That that is the only thing I know for sure, and I I bet there's a lot of people that are on the fence. Uh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe hopefully this will uh, push you over the edge and get you to pull the trigger. Because I don't want you guys to miss out on this. I I would like to meet a lot of you guys that have have just been listening to me for some time. You know we have the the Friday night happy hour group. We've got a good crew there. I, most of those people are coming, but. I want to I want to meet the rest of you guys and I really would like to have this podcast be the best represented there. There are you know much bigger podcasts that this event is going to get mentioned on, has been mentioned on. And so you're going to be competing with the likes of, you know, part of the problem, Liberty Lockdown, Lions of Liberty. All this shit's going to their their crew too. So get your tickets while you can. Come out support paddling fiction go to sylita superspreader.eventsmart.com and buy your tickets you got two weeks you got two weeks from the time this episode drops to get 10 percent off after that the prices are going back up to where they're at and and you're just gonna have to pay full full freight so uh this is it this is your two-week window for those of you fucking slack i'm rewarding you for being a slacker actually which bugs me a little bit you know, the, the people that have already bought their tickets, I do apologize, but you'll always have a special place in my heart for, for being being the first people to buy tickets to this. Maybe I'll uh, I'll come up with something f- special for you guys. I don't know. <sighs> okay. Anyway, what are we talking about today, right? Because it has been about another... Yeah, I missed the, the, the Friday episode... I just you know these these Fridays when we do the the happy hour it's I have a really small window to get an episode in and sometimes it's just not worth rushing it if I'm not if I haven't done enough uh, enough prep time to put out a good show I, I'm just not gonna do it I'm not gonna half-ass it just to put out material and then Saturday came and there wasn't really a whole lot that I mean there was a couple stories that I I, I wanted to talk about but I didn't feel it very pressing. To, to talk about and it just it, it just didn't feel I just didn't feel like doing it on Saturday I don't know what to tell you uh, that's I guess that's one of the one of the perks to, to doing something yourself but at the same time you know in the back of my head it's always weighing on me hey yo I'm an episode yo I'm an episode so a couple of things that I f- had flagged on Friday to talk about was this new game changer pill that Merck came out with Right, I, I talked about the uh, the Pfizer Mectin pill on the episode before this. I think it was the episode before this. 
And that's supposed to be more of a, a prophylactic thing, right? You know, you, you take it and it prevents you from catching COVID. Now, what Merck has come up with is an actual pill to help mitigate the the virus once you catch it. You know, it's like supposed to prevent you from being hospitalized. And they did have, according to the test, as long as they ran it, they had good results here, which I, you know, I always consider these these things good news. I just wish they wouldn't fucking abandon all of these trials that they're doing. Like, I, I do have kind of mixed feelings about this because, you, you know, in order to get FDA approval, right? You not only have to prove that your drug doesn't do any harm, but you have to prove efficacy, okay? That's like the the biggest hurdle for a lot of these drugs. It's the most expensive part of the trial. I think it's phase three. Don't quote me on that, but I think anytime they go into phase three, it's like, okay, we're going into the efficacy part of this. Now, the problem I have with that is that efficacy is really hard to prove, and I, you know, I don't really need some fucking government bureau uh, bureaucrats stamp of approval for efficacy. I'd much rather have my doctor or something or like some outside organization telling me that hey, this drug is effective. Uh, I, I'm gonna take the the advice of my doctor over the advice of some faceless, nameless piece of shit bureaucrat that works for the FDA any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I think this whole uh, phase trial, whichever one it is, third or fourth, I think it's the third, is a complete waste of time and money. And it adds to the cost of drugs and everything like that. And when you get into these, you know, these trials where for the people that they are testing these this drug on, they're old fucking people. You know, they're high-risk COVID individuals. And, you know, there are some people where COVID is a serious thing. You know, if you're old, you have diabetes, you have one of these other comor- comorbidities, it, you could end up in some pretty complicated situations and you could die. There are people dying from COVID, right? So th- th- there is that aspect of it where it's like, hey, if we didn't have this whole we have to prove efficacy phase, we, we wouldn't be... Um, having these trials where half the people are getting the placebo and a handful of them die because they weren't given access to this drug they were given a placebo effect and that's i mean that's what happened with this with this trial they did it on i think it was 700 they tested the drug on more it just says more than 700 unvaccinated people in a global study but they're in the high risk category due to factors like age and other health uh, profile characteristics that that puts you in that really small percentage of people that actually suffer major complications from COVID. So seven percent of the volunteers that got the this drug from Merck and they always give these fucking names that are impossible to pronounce. I don't know what, what it's called. It starts with an M. It doesn't matter. But so seven percent of the volunteers that got this drug were hospitalized. None of them died, uh, compared to a 14% rate of hospitalization and death in the placebo group. So eight of these people in the placebo group died because we have this FDA trial phase where you have to prove efficacy. 
Now, they've already gone through the phase where you prove that it doesn't do any harm to you. That's like one of the earlier phases, right? And so now you have this trial group where like eight of these people, if this drug is as good as they say it is, maybe they didn't all have to die. Uh, maybe none of them would have died. Maybe only like a, a couple of them would have died. I don't know. So there's that aspect of it, right? But then, <laughs> then they go on to say, like, these results were so good that ethically we had to stop the trial because we didn't feel right giving this group a placebo when we, we've gotten these, like, phenomenal results and we can save everybody's life. So here's here's the problem I have with that. Like, we're either going to do these trials or we're not going to do these trials. But you can't abandon the fucking trials halfway through because, ooh, the results we've gotten so far have been so good, I have a moral obligation to let these people know that they're on the placebo and I, I don't want to do that to them anymore. Like, maybe we just get rid of the, the efficacy phase trial altogether and it's like, okay, do no harm, great. If these people want to try out these drugs and, and you know put the risk on themselves as to whether or not they're effective, fine. But you can't abandon the trials as they did with all of the fucking vaccines and everything else along the way and, and then still get the full FDA approval and then claim that everything's safe and effective. You don't get to have it both ways. I'm I'm sorry. This is just fucking bullshit. You either have a trial where you adhere to the trials that you do for all the other fucking drugs that get FDA approval that people care about, or you abandon it altogether. But you don't get to have it both ways. And if you have a moral obligation to let people in the placebo group know that they're in the placebo group, okay. But what's your moral obligation to people where you're telling them it's safe and effective and you have all these trial results when you don't actually have a fucking trial because you abandoned it halfway through? I mean, okay, maybe the first half of this trial was going gangbusters. What if the second half was going to show like disastrous results in the opposite direction? You don't know because you fucking abandoned it. So what's your moral obligation to the hundreds of millions of people, you're now saying with confidence that this is safe and effective when you actually abandoned the trial. And they don't know that. Of course they don't know that because none of this gets reported on. And if you try to fucking report on this and put it on YouTube, they'll take your video down. So as far as safe safe goes, I, I do have a reasonable confidence that these are safe drugs to take like they're not gonna fucking you're not gonna grow like a third arm or some shit like that but in terms of efficacy i i don't know i feel like they abandon these things they abandon these trials very early and and even the safe part you know like we only know the short-term effects of all of these we we don't have long-term results on any of this stuff so you have to take that with a with a grain of salt as well but um i i don't know man the, they're saying this is a game changer. I hope it is. I mean, now that we have this pill, which apparently, you know, nobody dies and only 7% of high-risk people have to be hospitalized, which is like even high-risk people, I think it's only like, I mean, the risk of hospitalization is between like what, 1 in 5% regardless of what you take. So it's like, okay, maybe this is like the, the miracle drug that we think it is. I, I really hope so. 
Maybe this will get them to back off on all the vaccine crap. Probably not. Probably not because, remember, the vaccine is not about... The vaccine has almost nothing to do with COVID. You know, everybody, like, misconstrues being vaccinated with being COVID-free. That is not what vaccination means. I mean, it's only indicative of your compliance. And that's what this is about. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll be on the right side of things. Because if this drug is as good as they say it is, then we don't need a vaccine. Because if you take this thing within five days of showing symptoms, you're, you're only 7% of the people will be hospitalized and none of them will die. Okay. And, and vaccinated people, like a lot of them don't feel symptoms. And that's part of the problem with the vaccine. That's why we are seeing... They won't, a lot of places won't admit to this, but they're like some of the highest vaccinated places in the world and the highest uh, vaccinated state in the union, by the way, I, I believe it's Vermont. Is it Vermont here? Yeah, Vermont, the highest vaccinated state in the union, is seeing a surge in, in COVID cases. Because, I mean, think about it. You have these people who can still contract COVID and they can still spread COVID just as easily, uh, according to certain studies, as a, a person who's unvaccinated. The thing is, these vaccinated people tend to not have symptoms. because That's what the vaccination does, right? The only alleged benefit to the vaccine, like literally the only benefit to the vaccine is symptom mitigation that the symptoms aren't as severe and they're like sometimes they aren't severe to begin with so that means they go from like being mildly symptomatic to no symptoms at all and you know maybe you're going to be hospitalized to just being like oh it was a bad case of the the flu kind of thing but that makes it easier to spread because you don't think you have anything you think you feel fine but you're actually carrying the same viral load as somebody that would probably be too sick, uh, you know, sick enough to realize that they shouldn't be going out at, to parties and things like that. That my guess is that's why you're seeing a lot of these uh, places like Israel with really high uh, cases and the highest state, uh, the highest vaccinated state in the union, Vermont, seeing a surge in cases here. I mean, they're getting to record level. It's getting laughable now. Like, how much longer? Do they have to be smacked in the face with hard evidence that they are just wrong about all of this stuff? Cases in Vermont are already at record levels for the state, and they just keep on rising, even though it's the highest vaccinated state in the country. 89% of people 18 years and older are at least partially vaccinated. 88% of 12-year-olds and up, and about 100% of seniors are vaccinated. And yet, they are seeing case levels above the peaks of pre-vaccine COVID. More than 69% of Vermont's population has been fully vaccinated as of September 24th, according to the CDC, which is far and above the national rate of 56%. The state recorded the highest rate of hospitalizations per 100,000 residents on September 30th, breaching a record set on January 31st last year. Is that right? Last year? I don't think that's right because it wasn't really here January 31st. I think that's a typo. Eight people died 
in Vermont on September 13th, the highest total since the outbreak of the virus. In late August, four out of 10 cases in Vermont were among vaccinated people. And it's happening all around. Like all of the states like in and around Vermont are all among the nation's, the nation's highest vaccination rates, right? Massachusetts, the regional hospitals in central Massachusetts are seeing nearly 20 times more COVID patients than in June. Massachusetts has the fifth highest vaccination rate in the nation. Connecticut, the second most vaccinated state in the U.S., recently extended the governor's emergency powers to make it easier to cope with the latest wave of the pandemic. Maine, the third most vaccinated state, had nearly 90 people in ICU units. That is peak high for the state. Maine set a new high in cases, 86% of everyone over 18 partially vaccinated, 84% 12-plus and 99% of people 65 and older have all been partially, at least partially vaccinated. Now, I don't even know what partially vaccinated means anymore. Does that mean you haven't gotten your booster? I don't know. But their daily average is above the national average and currently higher than Florida. So go figure. Go figure. Somebody explain this to me. So I, I think it's great if these drug companies come out with more you know, pills and alternative treatments that we can have for COVID that keeps people in high-risk categories out of the hospital and prevents them from dying. Uh, obviously, I think that's great. And and the more they, they, they come out with this stuff, the, the less we have to rely on these, you know, rock-solid vaccines that everybody's pushing on us. But the, these mandates and, you know, the vaccine mandates and California came out, they're going to be the first school to require their kids, I think, seventh grade and up to be vaccinated. This is this is absurd. This is insane. Like, we have to stop this. I, I don't know what else I can really say about it. I know I've been, like, obsessed with this topic, but we have to stop caving to these people. It has to stop. Like, this is it. The people that are caving to the pressure, and I admit, there is a lot of social pressure to get vaccinated, to to require vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, and to vaccinate all the students and all this shit. There's a lot of pressure. Stop it. Stop fucking caving. Like, where we're at right now as a country, look at where we're at now because good people like right thinking people not like right like right wing but just like correct correctly thinking people have caved on seemingly small things like oh, I don't really care about that yeah whatever all this woke bullshit the social justice warrior bullshit you cave because it's convenient because you don't want to like do I really want to fight this stupid bathroom thing or whatever you do. You do because it's the little things that kill. The the whole cancel culture that we're all suffering under right now only exists because people are caving. Look at where we are now with government. Now that we've caved to all these supposedly little things along the way, right? You go back like a hundred years, maybe to 1913, something like that. It's just a little thing here. It's no big deal. Just let us do this. And we cave. 
Oh, oh, what you know, who cares if they keep the budget this year? Who cares if they do that, right? It's, it's just the budget. We'll be able to make it up next year or the year after that. Or who cares if this really violates the Constitution? It's not like that big of a deal. Look at what happens when you cave on these little things. Look at taxation. Look at where we are now because we caved on things like the Patriot Act. And imagine where we'll be if we cave on something like this. The most important challenge any of us have faced in, our, in the, the history of the Republic. This is the last, this is the last stand. There's, there's nowhere else to go. There's nothing left to protect. There's nothing left to stand up against if you allow them to start with these vaccine mandates and these vaccine passports. So just stop fucking caving. If you have caved on something like this, it's your fault. If you have, if you have ever once not said something that you wanted to say because you were afraid of some public outcry, it's your fault. If you have capitulated on your principles because, oh, it didn't seem like that big of a deal at the time, it's your fault. I mean, it's hard to blame these psycho retards for being psychotic retards. That's what they're supposed to do. It's your fault for entertaining their retarded ideas. And yeah, saying retarded is one of the things that you're not supposed to say anymore. You have a business and you're caving to these ridiculous, woke demands. The the demands of people that, A, won't patronize your business to begin with. B, don't have a fucking dime to their name. And, and C, are, are, are never going to stop pushing the envelope. If you've destroyed your business over that, caving to these idiots, that's your fault. It's your fault. And it's our fault for supporting businesses that cave to these types of people and these types of ideas. We all have blame on us, for sure. And I know a lot of these businesses, like these restaurants that have been put through the fucking ringer since this COVID thing started, they've been put in a a tough spot. But they've been put in that spot by the government. Not by COVID, but by government regulation. And how did that government regulation get in place? It's because we caved in the past to some other fucking government overreach. We let them have it. Camel's nose under the tent. So, tough shit. I don't know what to tell you. Tough shit. We're all being put in tough positions. Of course. I mean, that's where you find out where the men are. You know, pressure makes diamonds. It's not easy to not cave. Caving's the easy thing to do. That's the point. We've been taking the easy route for over a hundred years now. We've been letting people walk all over us, take our, you know, take our principles, shit all over them. We've been letting crazy people run amok with idiotic ideas because it's easy to just be like, okay, they're crazy, whatever. Let them. Maybe we'll give them. It's like giving a, a crying kid a fucking toy or something to shut them up. Except they never shut up. They'll find the, the next thing to cry about. We have to start treating these people like infants and putting them in their place. Because they're counting on you caving. Because we, we've supported this behavior. We've encouraged it. We've rewarded it. It's enough already. I've fucking had it with this shit. Just stop it. Fucking stop it. Look where caving has gotten us. 
Your business has been destroyed because of government, because of their regulations, because of their overreach, and because of their propaganda machine. And now look at you. Your business is down. I got an article here in the stack of, of these New York businesses. They're down 40 to 60% because of these vaccine mandates that they're implementing. Well, stop fucking implementing them. How about that? Stop doing the government's bidding. Stop becoming a ward of the state. That's why your business is down 40 to 60%. It's the 40% of us who won't support you because of what you're doing. Because you're trying to force something on your customers that you probably don't even agree with. But you're just doing it. You're going along to get along. Taking the path of least resistance. And that never leads anywhere good. Anywhere good that's worth going is not going to be easy. And this isn't going to be easy on any of us. But it's going to get a lot harder if we keep letting them push the envelope and get away with this shit. Now look at what you're at. You went you went along with the whole COVID regime lockstep. You shut down your business. You went to 50%. You did social distancing. All that stuff. Delivery only. Whatever. Only outdoor dining. Blah, blah, blah. And now, now look at you. You're down 40 to 60%. After abiding by their bullshit rules. And what and what what's your next move now? You and your ilk want to go hat in hand to go ask the government for another bailout. That's the next move. And that's how they want you. They want you fucking dumb, fat, and dependent. They want you going to the government, being like, hey, our business is down 60%. I can't function like this. Give us another bailout. Don't you see that's what they're fucking counting on? They need you to be submissive. It's the only way that this works for them. But this can all end. This this can all just stop if we just say no. Like, we're not going to go to your restaurant if you're demanding a Vax Pass. Good luck with those pussies that are walking around with a mask and a face guard and a vaccine passport. And they've, they've done all the stupid shit that's been demanded of them. Who also, by the way, think they have a, you know, 40% of them think they have more than a 50% chance of being hospitalized by COVID. These people are delusional. And they will abandon you at the first sign. They will abandon you at the first sign of trouble. Because they're pussies. I mean, that's what they are. That's their. That's in their nature. They are spineless, jellyfish pussies. To tie your business to them would be like tying your business to a fucking anchor. You might as well sink it right now. It's the people that are resisting this that will support you. Like, we've got your back. We're, we're standing up to the most tyrannical government that has ever fucking walked the face of the United States. We are who you should be anchoring to. We are the ones that got you through the fucking pandemic. We are the ones that came into your fucking business when everybody was telling us not to. And you're sitting there... And you're gonna you're gonna turn your back on those people, and you're gonna you're gonna kiss you're gonna suck up to the motherfuckers that have ruined your life, have put all these unnecessary burdens on you, even before COVID, with everything else that they've done to destroy your business, taxation, regulation, everything, every step of the way the government's been there with a big fuck you. Where's my cut? They're the worst business partner of all time. Why are you supporting them? Just say no. Just stop it right now, and we stop all of this shit right in its tracks. You resist, we've got your back. Thousands of people, 
the thousands of people you see resisting this stuff in the street, rioting in the street, protesting in the streets, they're the ones that will support you. There are millions of us out there. And we're a lot more fucking loyal than all these weasels and government and these pussies walking around with face masks on. And if you think for one fucking second that your next bailout from the government that you're begging for now won't come with crippling strings attached to it, you're sadly mistaken. That's always how this works. And that's what they want. They want us all to be a bunch of dependent pussies dependent on their charity except it's not charity because they're stealing from everybody else to give it to you and they're gonna make you beg for it and they're gonna make you bend a knee and bend over backwards farther than you ever thought imaginable think back to a year a year ago you 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 imagine that you got a business a year ago you thought that you'd have to be jumping through all these hoops in order to reopen give me a break give me a break this is what the government does they break your legs They hand you the crutch, and then they expect you to kiss the ring and thank them for being able to hobble around like a gimp. But without them, without their help, we'd all be running marathons. You'd be running marathons on your own. Figuratively, of course. Not literally. Nobody should ever run a fucking actual marathon. Please don't. Please don't shut down half a city to run a marathon really slowly. But just stop caving to this ridiculousness just stop it i mean like look where we are right now i actually have to say because you know i've seen these ads for people pregnant people and all this shit pregnant people should get vaccinated because it's there's no danger to the fetus no no men don't get pregnant women get fucking pregnant but because a bunch of people have caved to these lunatics It now takes guts to say that. I have to risk everything to say the obvious truth that men don't get, men don't have a uterus. This is where we are because people have been caving, have been folding like a fucking cheap suit to this ridiculousness. Just stop it. Uh, Life will get a million times better. These are the people we're caving to. We're caving to people that claim men can get pregnant. 72 genders, right? Got all these different pronouns and everything. They want to give hormones to kids. And at the same time, they're the ones, you know, ridiculing and mocking people for not following the science. They'll call you a, a flat earther or something like that if you don't buy into this whole COVID regime. Which, ironically, I guarantee you, back when everybody thought the earth was flat, um, everybody that was saying, hey, no, 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 it's round. It's actually a fucking sphere. They were the ones being fucking made fun of. That That's the irony of this whole thing. Everybody was sure the earth was fucking flat. And anybody to the contrary, anybody speaking to the contrary, that was heresy. You were a witch or some other weird shit. You know, they'd probably lock you up and throw away the key. That's what they did when, you know, what we did Copernicus saying that the fucking earth wasn't the center of the universe. Hey, it turns out all of these fucking people were right. All of these dissenters ended up being right. Something to think about, I guess, for all of you out there that are so sure of yourselves. You're, you're so pot. You're following the science. Anyway, I had a lot of other stuff I wanted to talk about. It was a long rant. Um, let's see what, we got. what else we got here on the stack. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I alluded to this here. Somewhere along that rant, I think I alluded to this fragile restaurant recovery fizzling in the United States. These are the people I'm talking to. A survey found that 51% of small restaurants in the country couldn't pay their rent in September. It was up from 40% in July. September of 2021. Remember two weeks to flatten the curve? Remember when you were thinking, oh, just get me through like last winter or something, stuff will pick up. They're going to drag this on forever. They don't want you to succeed. They want you dependent. And you and and you guys are fighting fucking wars on multiple fronts. It's not just the COVID stuff. It's not just the vax passports and the mandates. But you're dealing with inflation now. Rising prices. They're doing an unbelievable job of freaking everybody out so they won't come to your restaurants. Unless they're, they're given the false sense of security of this vaccine. Which... Uh, it does nothing, like literally does nothing to prevent this fucking disease from spreading. As we're seeing all over the world and even in the United States today. God, take me down off of whatever platform I'm I'm still allowed to talk on. I, I don't care anymore. I, I, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm done with this. I've, I fucking had it, man. Kitchen costs, labor costs are up 20%, maybe more, according to... Um, According to a partner at Crown Shy and Saga in New York City, I mean twenty percent labor cost increase. Jesus, that that's not just like something you can absorb as a restaurant. Why are your labor costs up so much? Could it have anything to do with the government paying people to stay home? Probably. Could it have something to do with them spending three and a half trillion dollars on a bunch of fucking bullshit that nobody knew was in that fucking bill? I'm gonna get to that in a second if I still got time. Steak prices up fifteen percent. Uh, okay, I, I gotta move. I gotta move on because I got I got a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about. the The three and a half trillion dollar spending bill that's been all the talk in Washington D.C. these days, right? Believe it or not, and I don't know how long the bill is. I'm guessing it's going to be several thousand pages long. And for anybody living under a fucking rock for the last I don't know twenty plus years. If you think your politicians are actually getting together and writing these bills, you are sadly mistaken. These, these are all written by fucking lobbyists. All of it. But one of the reasons why they love these huge spending bills is because it gives them thousands of pages to bury their bullshit in. This is why, was it Rand Paul that, that put the Read the Bill Act in front of the fucking Senate and it got voted down? Like, you have to read the bill before you can vote on it? Not interested. Not interested in that. Democrats try to sneak handout that provides billions of dollars to illegal aliens with kids into Biden's spending bill. Now, this is maybe the least offensive thing that I've come across that they've snuck in here. The most offensive we're going to get to right after this. But among all the pork that the Democrats are likely to stuff into President Biden's $3.5 trillion spending bill is now a handout that provides billions of dollars in cash to illegal aliens' children. That's going to work out well. The, the bill extends the child tax credit to anyone in the United States who provides an individual taxpayer identification number. Previously, federal law had required a valid Social Security number to receive cash from the government. Under the new rules... Illegal immigrants would receive monthly payments of two hundred fifty to three hundred per child. 
The tax credit expansion for illegal aliens costs between $2 billion and $2.4 billion per year, the report estimated. There are between 675,000 and 800,000 children in the U.S. who are not eligible for Social Security numbers. Families would be eligible for checks for 3,600 a year per child, regardless of their legal status. Now, that, that that's just with the numbers now. But once word of this gets out, like imagine that this is probably why we can't you, you can't have just like open borders and a gigantic welfare state at the same time. You have any idea what people would do to get thirty six hundred dollars a year per child per child from from some of these poor countries? Oh, they give us uh, one of these. Somebody in this article gives us an example. So. The value of one child tax credit for an infant child is 3600 a year. That is 40% of Colombia's per capita income and hundred, almost 120% of Haiti's. So what do you think that's going to do to our, uh, our immigration issue? I mean, it's just opening the floodgates. And I can't, you know, you can't blame a bunch of Haitians for, for trying to come over here and take advantage of that. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try to get your kids like the best life that you could get them? Just like I can't blame any of these like social justice woke idiots for trying to push the envelope with their ridiculous agenda. I blame the the adults in the room for caving to the children. But the the, the most ridiculous thing, the, the most uh, destructive and insane thing that I've seen them try to sneak into this three and a half trillion dollar bill thus far and this um th- this article was actually sent to me by a dear 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 friend of the show but you're probably not going to hear about it from the regular corporate press because buried deep within the three and a half billion dollar three and a half trillion dollar spending three and a half trillion dollar spending bill is yet another tax credit but this is not for illegal immigrants crossing the border with a bunch of their children. Uh Uh-uh. This is a tax credit only available to journalists equal to 50% of the salary of each journalist up to 50% a year for the journalist annually. So um, a a tax credit of up to 50, this article says $50,000 per journalist annually. Now, I don't know how much these journalists are paying in taxes annually, but it, but if this is what they say it is, I mean, a, a tax credit is usually a dollar for dollar reduction in your tax liability. So let's say the journalist owed $50,000 in taxes. Well, according to this, what's in this bill, with this tax credit, they would owe $0. And if they owed any more than, you know, if they owed 51000 then their actual tax liability would just be $1,000. They are paying off fucking journalists now. This is their plan. This is worded kind of weird. It, it says a, a 50%, it says tax credit in quotes. So I don't know if it's an actual tax credit equal to 50% of the salary of each journalist. I mean, it goes on to say that your your tax dollars would be paying half the salary of many journalists, up up to fifty thousand dollars a year. But so suffice it to say, they're getting fifty grand a year from the government in one way, shape, or form. The the journalists, the ones that are supposed to be 
uncorruptible watchdogs of the government. You know, we report, you decide, journalists. They, they, they have buried in this bill $50,000, a $50,000, you know, a, a payoff from taxpayers to the, to journalists via the government. So how do you think the government is going to be covered by these journalists? What do you, what do you, you think they're going to have really critical, hard question, hard line questioning journalists giving the government a really hard time about all the bullshit they're pulling on us? I mean, we, we barely even have that now. There's practically nothing. I mean, when it comes to democratic uh, politicians, you have Fox News. They'll kind of give them a hard time, kind of. But it's like you know, it's like the you know the milk toast Republican hard time that they'll give you. And when it when it comes to the you know a Republic, like you get Donald Trump in there, then you just have the the liberal media just making shit up like RussiaGate. This this is nonsense. This is like full blown banana republic bullshit propaganda to the nth degree it's a it's it's a the ministry of truth that's it this, this is a government this is government journalism now they've just bought off all the journalists in this bill with your money and and you're going to sit there and you're going to watch your tv and this is who's going to tell you what to do with the pandemic and how we have to do this and how we have to do that they keep coming at us from all of these angles you know shoving like a little thing in here and a little thing in over there hoping nobody notices one piece of the puzzle over there one piece of the puzzle over here and before you know it you got this huge fucking mosaic and it doesn't look good the article points out that a lot of these other, you know, a lot of these news um, organizations already got a bunch of fucking taxpayer money from bailouts for the all the COVID shit, the PPP and all that, all that other stuff. Millions of dollars went to these companies and they have been lying their fucking ass off. They're, they're so goddamn dishonest. <laughs> I was talking to another dear, dear, dear friend of the show. And I always make this point. I was like, dude, if you didn't know, if you just turned off CNN and you didn't have all these idiots walking around with face guards over their face masks wrapped in plastic walking around outside, you would not know that there's a pandemic going around. And she says, well, yeah, of course. But, you know, we needed to know. We needed to know. Did we know? What, did, what exactly did we need to know? And what did the media tell us? Because if you if you remember back to that episode of um, of part of the problem a couple weeks ago, where they played the Bill Maher clip, where he was talking about this poll that just showed you how misinformed people were. Forty percent of Democrats think you have a more than fifty percent chance of being hospitalized from COVID. Forty percent, and another is another almost another thirty percent. Thought your odds were from twenty to forty nine percent of being hospitalized, and it, your odds are literally—I mean, the official numbers I think are one to five percent. But but yeah, like you talked about on the episodes, if you account for anything, just any of the factors that put you at high, at the high risk category where you would be taking that new Merck pill, your odds of hospitalization are like under one percent, like wildly, wildly off. This is what the news has told us. This is the, the propaganda, the fear, the reason people are terrified to go to restaurants, 
the reason people are terrified to travel to see their loved ones you know Fa- people are asking fauci if they can go to christmas this year and fauci has given conflicting answers on that we don't have time to make fun of him today but don't be asking Fauci if you can celebrate Christmas. Just fucking do it. These news organizations have done an unbelievable amount of damage to the United States. They are the enemy of the people. Not just when it comes to COVID. When it comes to everything. Think of all the bullshit fucking stories they run with. From Jussie Smollett to Russia collusion to COVID. You name it. They get it all wrong. They jump on the most evil fucking narratives to push things that will destroy the country. All, all you know, every time there's like the the possible angle for you know racism, whatever that's going to cause fucking massive race riots and destroy your city. What are they doing? They're, they're sitting there behind their fucking fancy microphones on TV, stoking those flames. How many millions of businesses did they fucking destroy this past, not this past summer, but last year? How many did they do it? it how many did they destroy in, in previous years where they got the story completely fucking wrong? Where it wasn't on video for people to actually verify. You know, the hands up, don't shoot and all that shit. These people are fucking evil, evil, enemy of the people. And now... Lo and behold, buried in three and a half trillion dollars worth of our money and probably three and a half thousand pages of paper, legal jargon bullshit that will bore you to death. The government wants to pay them off with tax credits with $50,000 and that number will go up. And believe me, if you're critical of the government in any way, shape or form, guess who's not getting that tax credit? Like they're literally codifying the fact that we don't have an independent, free and independent media anymore. They're, they're, they're putting it in writing right now. That we just have a fucking ministry of propaganda for the United States. That's it. It's over. And if you're one of these journalists that, that tries to fucking uh, shine the light on, on uh, government corruption or something that they're doing that's wrong... Not only will you lose your $50,000 tax credit, which will probably go up over time. $50,000 is the baseline now. But you, you know, you'll get the Julian Assange treatment, something along those lines. We, ha- we can't keep taking this. We can't just keep letting them slip shit into these fucking thousand-page bills. We can't keep letting them corrupt our, our media and, and every aspect of our lives. We can't keep capitulating and letting them chisel away at whatever fucking liberties we have left, which is very few, by the way. We are, I've been saying this for a long time, but we are at the crossroads where like it is this far and no further, or there's nothing left worth fucking worth fighting for. And uh, on Friday's episode, I do have a show ready to go for Friday. I do talk I, I I sit down with Justin on his podcast actually. Fact check and uh we we talk about secession. I I don't see any other way that this could work peacefully at least. Um there are a lot of people that want to, you know, take up arms. I get you know people talking about oh, you know, we have to have an armed revolution. But I I I think it's safe to say that this experiment has fucking failed. 
and um, and we have to put our foot down. We can't keep. We cannot just keep letting them inch their way toward total totalitarianism. And uh, I'm going to wrap there because it's getting pretty late here. And uh, I want to get this episode out and go to bed. So thank you all so very much for listening. Get your Sayulita Super Spreader tickets. It's sayulitasuperspreader.eventsmart.com. I'll link to it in the description. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Join our private Facebook group. Try to get into that raffle if you can before Friday. It's 20 bucks if you just go to the uh, – I'll, I'll link to it in the description as well, but it's, you just go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, support the show, put in a, a $20 donation, and you'll automatically be enrolled for two VIP tickets. And if you guys can do all that for me, I'll be back Friday with a brand-new episode for you, Talking Secession with Justin Campbell. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.